Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. What's wrong? Dude, I'm fucking miserable. I'm hungry. I'm tired, and I'm fucking hot. Well, it feels a lot better in here than it out here on the patio than it did on inside. It's still unpleasant. Oh, I got a live one here. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Spears and Steinberg Podcast from... Uh, Nipples, Naples, Florida. <laughs> Nipples for Naples, baby. Some of the oldest MILF pinky tip tit nipples you've ever seen. There's some thick ones out here. I don't know how many MILFs there were. There's a lot of old bitches out here. They're old, but I don't even know. MILFs has some other letters back there. Oh, uh... <laughs> Yeah, Naples, man. Here we are. Here we are. First time for both of us. Uh, are we coming back? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't really want to come back during the summer again like this. This is summer all year round, isn't it? No, they said it, this is uh, five months out of the year it's like this. Really? Like what? Hot? Humid? Humid. This is humid. Like I mean, everybody looks... If you look at people outside, everybody looks like they just committed a crime and are being questioned by the police. Uh. <laughs> Oh, God. And incidentally, uh, this, again, is one of those places where you worry if there's a lot of you running around. And there there are some black people out here in Naples. Uh, I think most of the Negroes congregate uh, towards the latter part of the evening. Um, but, yeah, man, are you digging it? I mean, no. <laughs> See, there, there we go. Um, no, it's it, it's not that it's bad. It's just, you know, it's like eating something that doesn't, like, it's like eating a rice cake. You know, it doesn't really have any taste. And rice cakes are awful. So wherever you go on with this, it's. Well, it doesn't not have good. any taste, doesn't have any flavor. It's just, right. that's all it is. So it's just Naples is rice cakes. Yeah. Um, I knew, I, I knew, I knew, well, when we did our first show Thursday, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but then the first show yesterday, Saturday, was every bit as bad as I thought it would be. I didn't think it was possible to be like that. Uh, has to go down as one of the most horrible experiences experiences for both you and I. And just let me give the people some background. The guy that owns this place, once upon a time ago, uh, in a galaxy far, far away for me, maybe about 10 I almost want to say even 15 years ago, 
he owned a comedy club. I think we might have talked about this on the podcast. Uh, it was just mentioned if we talked about it. It was no. called Captain Brian's uh, at Marco Island. Uh, and it was on my list as the number one most horrible place I've ever done stand-up. Uh, because, again, it was just geared towards kids. And it was a family-themed seafood restaurant. And it was more about the theme than the comedy. The stage had a bunch of SpongeBob-looking over-the-top statues, cartoonish statues on stage with fishnets and crabs and <laughs> octopuses in them and squids, and it just it just was terrible. Who so, lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so this guy apparently, and from what you just told me, that place is now shut down. That's what I heard. Rightly so. Um, it was a bad experience, and now he owns a comedy club here in Naples called Off the Hook. And uh, food's good. The food is excellent. But again, for me, that's, you know, that's second, third place. I felt like Farrakhan at a Trump rally even before I touched that stage. Because <laughs> I could just tell by some of them golden girls in the crowd and uh, some of them nice, silky, white-haired, Michael McDonald-looking gentlemen. Uh, it was going to be a rough ride. And a rough ride it was. Uh, and I knew that the fact that it was a rough ride for you and your rated R, my NC-17 ass was going to have problems. It didn't help that the show started at 6.30, and that is like high noon out You here. call it the early bird special. The early bird <laughs> special. It's a two-for-one. Get, uh, get your fried oysters. No show should ever start before the sun goes down, and especially if you don't have the proper equipment to shield it out. Like when we do Dallas and Addison, uh, they got all those those black curtains, you know. Because sometimes we go and we do the first show and it's still light out. Yeah, but by but, the time by the time you get on stage, the light's almost all the way out. But even if it wasn't, the room is completely shut right. out. To but cut this the light place, out. no, you got you got the sun beaming through the glass. Uh, and they don't turn down the lights on the real on the first show. Yeah, because I don't know what that's all about either. But yeah, I just I just knew. The fact that you made them uncomfortable. <laughs> I said, these motherfuckers is not. I am fucking heroin. Needle in your arm. Your kid's finding you dead with the with the rubber still tied around your bicep. They, I knew it was going to be a problem. It's, it was really funny for me to experience looking at the people's faces like you get to look at people's faces. Holy <coughs> oh, shit, that went down wrong. <coughs> I'm drinking water. <laughs> you have to hydrate when you're here in Florida. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, and I wish you'd done your baby joke. What <laughs> you talked about, because if the ship is sinking, fuck it, go down with it. I definitely didn't think about it at the time, or I would have done it. I uh, I had like a little set list idea, and I, and I actually, what was really funny is I wanted to go a little easier on that early show, because right. it was light out, because the lights are on inside, everybody can see each other, it's a judgy show. And I still went soft, and it was still <laughs> right. way too hard for these people. You know, um, I got to say, and I, and I know, I know, I know, we talk race a lot on this podcast. But again, I think to deny the elephant in the room, because race is so much woven into the American fabric, uh, would be doing a disservice to the truth. Um, but just like I, I say on stage, you know, there's different kind of black people. There's brothers that like myself who are the Huxtables and there's the niggas with the gold teeth and, you know, eight rings on one hand 
and it looked like they smell like uh, backwood filtering and uh, lemon pepper juice. Uh, them hard niggas, then I call them the good times. There's different kinds of white people. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it, it, it's amazing. Like, you could tell these kind of white people are the ones who are loaded with money. They live in their cocoon, their cocoon and their bubble, and they're, they're really in their hearts. And I'm not even saying they're racist, but there's no real connection to black people for them. There's no connection to anything that makes them uncomfortable. Exactly. Be it black people, be it provocative language, be it provocative subject matters, just provocative and anything. You, you just said it, uncomfortable. Anything outside their realm. Yeah, they know about it. Yeah, they've heard about it. Maybe they've discussed it during a game of uh, what games rich people play? Uh, drive my yacht. Drive my yacht or <laughs> guess this cheese. Um, you know, uh, let's taste this wine. You know, with their fucking sweaters tied around their backs like Carlton from the Fresh Prince. It's, it's, it's almost like you could tell if you were of a, 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 an exotic fly on their wall during one of their cocktail parties. It would just be one of those, oh, my God, Mildred. Did you hear about the Negroes? Oh, tragic! It 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 just and 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 again, I, and this is not to slight you, but you compared to me, I mean, you you are cocaine, no 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 question. But I am blue magic, <laughs> and, and and I'm like, if these motherfuckers can't handle two sniffs of Andy, ooh, ooh they about to get killed off a scent of me, and it, and it's uh. It's uncomfortable for me, too, because I'm not getting from it what I know I should be getting. And I got to plow my way through it. And I'm at the point now in my stand-up longevity where I don't pretend anymore. If, if once upon a time ago, if I was having a rough set, I would still act like I'm having a good time, even though it's death on stage. Now I'm everything shy of telling the crowd, you motherfuckers are lousy. And you weren't everything shy of that. You, you told at least one of the crowds that they were lousy. Yeah, they needed to know they sucked. But but and and here's the, here's here's the crazy thing about it though. As many people that would be un- as many people as there are that would be uncomfortable, deep down they love it. Because it's a shot of up close and personal what they're not used to. Some of them are appalled, some of them can't handle it, but then there are some who come up to you like, "Oh my god, the fact that you kicked me in my nuts with them shoes." Felt so good. They they love it. I, the, the one dude from Philly who said he moved down here from Philly was like, dude, and you know, he's like, yo, I don't really like New Yorkers. I'm a Philly man, but you you're the first New York I fucking loved. And I knew it had less to do with me being a, a New Yorker, much more or less than the fact that I reminded him of home. Right, East Coast. East Coast. That there, there's a stretch on the East Coast with Philly, Jersey. New York, Boston, you can throw Connecticut in there, D.C., where it's just that East Coast swagger. And Naples is not that. No. Naples is not that. No, man. This is, this is a place where you come. You said it when we were driving. You come here when you don't want to have anything to do with anything else. And you're ready to say, you know what? 
I'm ready to die, but live life and die naturally. I'm no more excitement, no more, no more drama. I just want to grow old and peacefully I just, perish. I just wonder. We came out during season. This is not season. This is off season. If if it would have been, if it would be different, because when we went out on Friday night, it was dead. No, it was past dead. There was nothing. We went out to we went out to do Friday night. Friday night to do it up. Right. There was no up to do. Right. There was no one out. We ended up at a uh, Patty's. Was it some Irish pub? Yeah, some Irish pub. And 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 before you know, we went out earlier that day after I had done press. The area we went to was downtown, which is one but a hop, jump, and a skip from my hotel. And the and the comedy club owner said, "Hey, man, this is our downtown." And you know, most downtowns is popping, especially on the weekends, Friday night shit. And we went down there, and we had to drive almost five miles worth of downtown. For we finally found the one place where there was life. Yeah, there was other clubs that were there, but they were closed on Friday night. Right. Um, so yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Depending on how, if this motherfucker tries to jack me out my funds uh, tonight, will determine whether or not I'll be back. Uh, you know, we were kind of talking about this in the car. I'm hoping I'm not gonna get raped this weekend. Because I'm going to be real with you, man. Uh, I don't like the owner of the club. I think I smell I smell caca on him. He's a piece of shit, man. Uh, and he's shysty. I, I, smell, I smell a rat. So if he rapes me and don't pay me right, I'm going to hit him with the, with the fake smile and tell him it was nice doing business with you. And then I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, Manolo, shut that piece of shit. Um... <laughs> Such uh, a great scene. That's yeah, a scene. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'll be back, man. Because uh, you know, my agent told me that I'm getting paid on the high end of what they usually pay comics to do this. And I asked him, I said, "Well, what the fuck is the norm?" He said, twenty five hundred dollars." Dude, the last time I made twenty five hundred dollars, uh, I think I just finished playing Altered Beast on my Sega Genesis and I had to go to work at Pathmark. <laughs> Dude, I've never made $2,500 on a weekend doing comedy. I, that so is fucking insane. I still would be... I would, I, I, but I understand... But he's got Mike Epps coming. Yeah, Mike Epps coming next week. And you told me something about Mike Epps asking price was what? I, I heard it was around 100 but I don't 100, know. 100000 Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get into shit no more. No, no, no. no, no I'm yeah. not going to talk about what Mike... But but uh, I don't know how true that is because hundred thousand is theater money, well, and for you to do theaters and make that, you got to be doing it by yourself. You can't be splitting the bill with four other comics because they got to get paid too. And unless you're working with hams, you know those other comics are making at least uh, five digits. And I'm not saying that anybody shouldn't make a hundred thousand. I'm just saying when you come from where I am in comedy, that sounds like a Right. That sounds like a that's that's a year of comedy for me. But but there's no doubt that he's paying either local acts or acts that are willing to drive in or fly themselves in for twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, they have to be like maybe New York when they want to get out of the city. They want to drive. And they want to right. get out of this because it's the weather's bad right. up in New York. Right. So because there's great comics, the, the New York comedy scene right now is nice, and I'm sure that they would. Because uh, I met a comic, I was on a flight, and this one dude. Because I live in Phoenix, and I was telling about a friend of mine's club. That's a little, a little club, 110 seats. He just opened, 
And I said, uh, yeah, I said, I know he couldn't afford you. And he goes, depending on the time of the year, he might be able to afford me. Because if it's cold, I haven't been able to get out of New York for a while. Right. I'm going to take that booking. Right, right. So, I don't know. But the New York comedy scene, I, I, I could imagine he could get a, a lot of comics to come out all year long during that, that time of the year. Right. But being all that said, money's money. Everybody deserves the money. Who do you think is getting the top number? You mean outside of Kevin Hart? Yeah, he, he's doing stadiums. I mean, I'm talking club dudes. Oh, wow, by themselves? Uh, that'd be hard to say. I mean, Because everybody, everybody that I know of that has a name in urban comedy, Earthquake, Bruce Bruce, Samore, D-Ray, Michael Blackson, all of them are, are either doing clubs, if it's just them, or if they're doing theaters, they're all together. I don't know one person outside of Kevin that is doing platforms by themselves on that on that. And Kevin scale, you just said it, football stadium. Below that, if we're talking just theaters, five thousand seaters, unless you Chris Rock or Dave, and even Dave, I think for the most part likes to work out in clubs. I don't think he wants to do theaters. He could if he wanted, obviously, but I think he just does clubs to work out new material. So Kevin, other than Kevin, I don't, I don't know anybody. But uh, Jesus, football stadiums. So that's the top, Kevin. Kevin is the top, but Kevin, it's more than just comedy. I mean, people want to see him because he's also. But let me ask you. But I was going to ask you, like, like <clears throat> football stadiums hold like what seventy thousand, seventy, eighty thousand. Yeah. And, and again, let me let me say this because I know again I'm not hating on Kevin at all. Mazel tov, nigga. Um, to fill 80,000 people, you think that that's because of the move? Because Kevin is no doubt a fucking star. I mean, nigga got the commercials, every, every, he's cover a magazine. He's a fucking star. Do you think that 80,000 people are showing up because of the star stardom and they want to go, I saw it? Or it's the jokes? Is, is, the, is the material... That great? No, I, I don't think. And I'm not saying this material's not great. God damn it, because I know I'm here to hate his shit. I'm not saying that. I'm asking a question. Do you think it's because of the enormity of who he is, or the material is driving it? I think it's the enormity of the, of his of, of him being an entertainer. Like, right. Because he's more than just a comedian. I mean, he's a television star. He's on he's on TV shows. He's an all around entertainer. I think people were paying to see the entertainment. Michael Jackson, he was a great. He was a singer, but he was also an entertainer. He was a singer. He was a dancer. He, he had he, you you came to see the but that show. Was, well, but that was all a part of his material. But it was his when show. You, no, no. But when you're talking about all that other shit, you're talking about movies and stand up are two different things. Uh, they have to being be on the cover things. of a magazine and stand up is two different things. Television commercials and stand up is two different things. Michael Jackson singing and dancing, that's all embodied in a, okay, into an okay, act. Okay, okay, I'll agree with that. But you came for more than the show. I think that they come for more than the show because I don't, honestly, I think the best comedian would be Dave Chappelle. You don't think Dave could fill a football stadium? No, I don't think Dave could fill a you football stadium. You don't? No. What Dave is one of the most respected and, now let me, I'm not even talking about, let's put the material aside. Well, that's why he's respected, but the material is so on another level. And then the Chappelle show still fame-esque, legend-esque mystique. 
and the respectability factor, you do not think he could sell out a fucking arena? I can, I can say this easily this way because uh, of the way you just described, Dave. So a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, a 14-year-old that sees Kevin Hart movies, thinks Kevin Hart's funny, sees some of his comedy, they're begging to go to that show. You think they're at the show, though? I don't know, but they're making him more popular by talking to the parents. The parents know who he is because they know who he is. He's just a, he's a superstar. Chappelle is about the comedy. And like you said, Chappelle show, someone who's 16, someone who's 16 years old, how long has Chappelle show been off the air now? I get what you're saying. They don't even know who right. Dave Chappelle is. Right. Because he doesn't do, he isn't doing movies right now. Now, I'm not saying that uh, I mean, he's done movies, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying he isn't in any movies right now. He isn't, like, uh, Kevin Hart, you can measure him every quarter. You could, you could, how many movies did he get out this quarter? That would be a reasonable thing to ask someone about Kevin Hart. Right. I could ask someone reasonably in comedy, how many times did uh, uh, Chappelle show up over the comedy store in L.A.? They might be able to answer that question, but as far as it goes, his anonymity, and I didn't even say that word right. Anonymity. Thank you. Uh, for Chappelle, is, is greater right now because he doesn't do anything but the comedy. He isn't... I, I would love to see Dave attempt it because I really think he could pull it off matter of fact when he did the he did the what, how many shows in new york at radio city i think he did 12 yeah sold out within an hour because people traveling coming to new york i think okay let's let's rephrase like i think that if, if dave wanted to do uh a, 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 if he wanted to do an arena in new york or dc area somewhere in there where dave is from and known right. and it, maybe i would love I, I i would almost bet anything the world that you're wrong because one of the things that I also think that makes Dave uh, so what he is, who he is, and what adds to his mystique is the fact that he's so aloof. Like, you don't see him everywhere. Now, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I almost look at it like Michael Jordan. I would love, and as a, and as a diehard MJ groupie, I would love to see MJ on one of my favorite shows on NBA TV, Open Court. I would love to see MJ uh, give more interviews and give his insight and his, you know, his opinion on basketball. All he does, he, he gives an interview maybe once every forty years. You know, he, he's 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 real. He doesn't sit there and chop it up on the pregame shows with Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose and Paul Pierce and Magic and Michael Wilbar. He, he doesn't make himself accessible like that. Whereas, you you know, Magic Johnson has done that. Uh, Barkley does do that. Shaq does do that. I would love to see Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan at the desk one or two times with Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie and Chuck. But he's just not that dude. No, because... And, and like Chappelle is like that. He, he just doesn't do it like, let's say, a Kevin Wood smeared all over everywhere. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um... But I think when people can't get a hold of you as much as they want to, it makes them want you more. Yeah, because since Dave isn't traveling all around the world doing concert and uh, doing uh, uh, comedy shows, they have to go to to uh, New York to see him. That's why people went out there to see him like that. He's in demand. I'm not saying he's not in demand. I'm not saying people don't want to see him. I'm just saying if I was a promoter and I had to pick between Dave and Kevin Hart. And I wanted to do stadiums across the country. Right. I'm picking Kevin Hart. If I want to go see the best comedy show that I could possibly see, 
I'm picking Dave Chappelle. Right. I didn't say anything bad about either one of those guys in that statement. I'm just saying completely just from a marketing and from uh, just the general public level, that's what I'm talking about. Well, you just you, you, that just sounded a lot like Larry Bird's comment uh, when he was asked about playing, if he had to pick between playing with Kobe versus LeBron. He goes, if I want to have fun and have a good time, I'm picking LeBron. If I want to win, I'm going with Kobe. Not a bad thing to either one, but you see what he's saying. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. I, I just I, I do think that's how it works. But, I mean, it's so hard to say that because now you're dividing up people's talent. And, like, when you talked about Jordan – I don't think Jordan does those shows because Jordan knows that he's not going to be the best commentator, and he. Oh, I, don't, I never I, thought about that, but that might be there. Might be some truth to that. I don't think Jordan likes to do anything unless he thinks he he. I don't think he would have played golf if he didn't think that he could eventually make his game great. Right. And I think that he found out he can't make his game his game great, and that's why he doesn't play golf like he used to. Right. Right. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right because because just like with in in the world of entertainment. Just because you do one kind of thing good doesn't always mean it translates into the other. There have been guys who uh, stand-up-wise are monsters, but you get them to try to do sketch, and they're a deer in headlights. And you think to yourself, well, it's still comedy. It's still based in comedy. Yeah, but that's a different art form. Yeah. That, that's a, that sketch is it, that's a different thing than standing on stage with a microphone telling jokes. You know, so I no that that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. So, are you going to go see Kevin Hart at, at, when he's at the stadium? No, <laughs> no. But much love to Kevin Hart. If man. Kevin called you and said, "Hey, Aries, backstage passes," you're going? No, come it, on to a show. Yeah, to his to go watch him. It's just, that's not just see that's that that's the thing. You're not just watching him. You're watching the spectacle of the whole thing. My life is a spectacle. I don't need to go see another <laughs> fucking spectacle. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm fucking you know, Michael Jordan don't gonna watch magic on his day off. Uh, who would you who would you go see? Who what comedy show would you go see? Dave. You would go see Dave. Dave. You, but, would but you? that's because Dave. Look, listen, and Dave even said it. Uh, Kevin said he wants to be the biggest comedian, not the best. Dave wants to be the best. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, of course I wouldn't mind being the biggest. But, yeah, I also want to be legit. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying Kevin's not legit. I'm just saying the material matters to me. And, like, yesterday when I was getting ready for the show, I played uh, as I was, in, a, you know, getting ready in the shower and getting dressed. I listened to uh, Patrice O'Neill's HBO Half Hour. That material, man. That pussy beam joke, the fucking Mike Tyson rape joke, uh, the, the the train accident, your pussy missing from a train. Damn it, man. I, 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 I listen to that. Now, it makes me want to throw all my shit away. I'm like, did that, did you understand? that? Oh, the concept of that. Yeah. The fucking concept of that and how he let the women trap themselves. Yeah. If y'all don't know this, uh, go to YouTube, um, Patrice O'Neill, HBO Half Hour Special. One of the most brilliant, genius, when we talk, when, when we talk about, this is what I mean with Dave. Dave, when you look at his material, 
gunslinger, smart, edgy, funny. Look at Patrice. I'm telling you, man, them two motherfuckers are heavyweights. Rest in peace. Patrice was a heavyweight. Watch that HBO half hour. That motherfucker's material. Those three jokes are better than most guys' entire careers of all their specials put together. Yeah, it's, it's good. Man. But here's the thing that I'll say about comedy, and, and you can tell me maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that you can be the best comic and be the biggest comic because if it's a popularity contest, the best in comedy isn't going to be the most popular because the most Richard honest. Pryor? Because you're the most honest, though. Richard Pryor, honesty out your ass. The most honest. Yeah. I grew up in a whorehouse. I watched my, my, my grandmother pimp bitches out. I think... I, I lit myself on fire, freebasing in the bathtub. I sucked the dick. Aside from Richard Pryor, I'm talking about today's world. Today's, the way that... Martin in the 80s, Eddie Murphy? Yeah, but then Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy didn't do another album. After he did, he did his two albums, and then he became that that next level star. And in order for him to be able to keep that star going, to work with Disney to do the things he did, he gave up a comedy because he couldn't be the honest comic that he wanted to be, that he would have to be to do what he's I doing. I don't think that was it. I just think he fell into that. I am so major with movies. Listen, this is a grind, and this is hard. So once you have the luxury of being able to become a movie star, where you don't really even have to do stand up anymore. This, that's the easier paycheck. It might be easier, but I really think that there's a truth that you can't tell people what they don't want to hear, even if it's funny. And a certain percentage of people that actually understand humor, understand themselves, are comfortable with who they are, they'll get that. They'll laugh at it. They'll love it. But America itself, they don't want to be told the truth a lot of times. And they can't even handle uh, it in a joke. I, 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 give that a, I, I give that a 60-40, maybe a 70-30 truth to that because most people do want to hear the truth while a lot of people don't most people are the best comedy is truth and most people appreciate that but commercials and endorsement deals don't get now you're talking made. about big corporation now. yeah That's because different. I, because i'm talking about becoming the biggest the biggest comic i think you have to be you have you have to be corporation friendly you got to be able to be listen when you make enough money People find ways to accept what you do. Corporations too. I grant when it. you make enough money. Hey, if I made a cereal and it spelled out all the letters and it spelled out funny, and I had a choice of putting Dave Chappelle's face on that box or Kevin Hart's face on that box, I'm going to put Kevin Hart's face on that box because that's going to sell me the most amount of cereal. Well, Dave wouldn't put his face on a box of cereal. Well, that's another reason why you can't be the biggest if you want to be the best. I really wish Dave would go on tour and try to do state because I, I I think that would squash that whole theory. Dave is just again we've said it, he's just cut different, man. He, he's almost like Barry Sanders. He doesn't care. He, the the fame, the money. He, he's he, you know take your pick, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, any great that left early. It's not that important to him in that way. So you know. No, I like it best when you describe Dave, though, as being a great jazz player because he's playing the notes different than anybody yeah. else. So, yeah. All that being said, though, I just I, I give uh, Kevin credit, not necessarily for being the best comic, but being the best entertainer that there is out there right yeah. now. Um, speaking of comics, uh, what do you think about Jim Carrey, his artwork? 
You know, I'd like to say this about Jim Carrey and, and put it in the perspective of Jim Carrey. I don't. I'm not going to care about it because I don't think Jim Carrey gives a fuck. And why should he? He shouldn't. Why should he? <laughs> you know, I, I really wish I understood why people feel like entertainers don't have a right to be political. You know, like 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 we're not allowed. Like all we're supposed to do is do the song and the dance, right? You know, and 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 if, especially when you're a comic, motherfuckers think that you're on twenty four seven. You don't have bad days. You don't take boo boos. You know, you just running around smiling and cheesing all fucking day, and like nothing affects you that affects everybody else in the real world. We're just getting. You're not affected by bad news. You're not affected by kids being torn away from their parents. You're not affected by black uh, black men being killed by police. You're not affected by you know none of the shit that, that Trump does or you you know lawmakers do and fucked up. You you know you, you're immune to all of that. Just shut up and entertain. Like what the fuck out of here? Because. People want to when people invite you into their house in any kind of way, or when they make you, they act like we actually walked in that motherfucker, and and that's who we are, and that's all that they need to get from us. And if we do anything about it, it breaks it breaks the box that they put us in. But I don't think you know what I would love to be in a situation where like Jim, where Jim Carrey is like, like it just doesn't make a difference. I do this. This I used to do this. This is what I'm doing now. And if you don't like this, because I was so good at this, I don't even have to sell one of these things. Right. I'll still get to do this. Right. <laughs> that would be the be- that would be a great. And I think though, I think his art will be just like anything else becomes more honest when you don't have to worry about the money or the dollars. Right. Well, yeah, it becomes honest because you yeah you don't have to worry. Yeah. Your bills are paid. You know, you make enough money. You got enough money in the bank to where if somehow your career did flop or go ice cold because of your politics, you straight. That this is just your statement, and you can right. live by it. You can live by it. You can you signed your name on it. You live by it. Yeah, uh, but I get. I want to get back to you on the Trump turn away kids from families though, because we we ended there a little bit last time, and some more stuff has come up, and I just we, we don't have to do it now because I don't want to get all weird. Bro, let's do it now. Well, I I, I I'm from Arizona, and I, I was watching. Uh, the news uh, from Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they they caught some coyotes trying to bring the kids over. The, some coyotes. The, the, that's what they call the, the 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 people who run the, the human oh, traffickers. Oh, the people who bring people over. Real coyotes. No, like, God no. Damn. It's, it's like UPS, but for people from uh, oh, other countries. Okay. Right. But uh, so uh, they they caught them before they got over the border, and so they dumped they dumped the the, the people, the kids, the, the 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 moms, the dads. They just leave them in the desert. And a lot of times these people just die because they can't get out of the desert. That's why there's people. This is the weird time in America, too, because everybody's fighting. And we got on about all these other things. Well, there's people that are dying because they get dumped in the desert. And there's people going to bring water and they leave some food out in the desert just in case a family or a kid or anybody just stumbles across it because they are trying to get over to this country. So, but I heard that. And, uh, and then they said that they, I think they said 27 kids were recovered. But out of those 27 kids, I think 17 of them were without families. 10 were with families, 17 were without. So then they, obviously those kids get put in the same kid detention centers. No, what am I asking is, and I don't know, and I've been accused now of on this, on this podcast of defending Trump. I'm not defending Trump. I'm trying to defend the fucking truth. Out of these uh, kids, if there's... It's ironic that you say that when you say you're trying to defend the truth 
from the man who is Trump does not, not have truthful. anything to do with the truth. Trump is Trump. He has everything to do with the no, truth. He, he's, nev- he's never telling it. He's just saying whatever he says. I'm not defending this man at all. What I'm saying, when I say, when I talk about the press, the press, listen, this is how I'm going to say it. This guy fucks up enough that when the press talks about him, they should quote him perfectly because he says so much shit that fucks up that we don't need to look for extra shit to get him in problems. Just say the shit. Give me an example of what he said that the media has. The Mexican thing. When we talk about that all the time, when he goes, he goes, they're rapists and they're drug dealers. That's not what he said. The quote starts where he goes, Mexico isn't sending over their best and their brightest. And then he takes a breath and he goes, they're sending over rapists. Drug, the, the Mexicans are on the house. That's how he says it. he says. Then he goes, then he says the Mexicans and he means the Mexicans. He just said it's connected to the sentence well, rapists and drug dealers. Well, those what's sneaking across the border. A lot of times are criminals because they can't get here any other way. They can't even immigrate legally. I'm not saying he's let, correct. Let's, let's rewind. <clears throat> Say that again. The, the first part of what you just said. What Mexico is sending what, what, the what, biggest. No, 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 no. What he said. Mexico, that's what he said. No, you, the first thing you said when I said they need to quote him right, what did he actually say? The actual thing that I said. Yeah, Mex- say it again. He said, Mexico isn't sending over their best and brightest. Okay, stop right there. How do we know that? Because Mexico needs how, to, how, because how, they, wait, 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 wait. How do we know? That their best and brightest is not coming over. He's now. Wait a minute now. He said that like it's fact. Mexico is not. He said that. Now yeah. That's his him saying that. Yeah. He said it like it's fact. Question: How do we know that? Because the Mexicans that do are the biggest, the best, and brightest can legally immigrate here. Immigrate here easily. Okay, not everybody can easily do something. That doesn't mean you're not the best and the brightest. You have to find another way to get the opportunity. I'm not saying that that's not true. Okay, so if that's the case, why would he say it like it's fact? Do you see the danger in that? Words, powerful, how you say them. They're not sending over their best and their brightest. That is not a fact. That is your opinion, and it is a false statement. And it's a dangerous statement because when you say that to the dumb inbreds who follow you, they believe his minions believe everything that Lord Vader says. So again, you look at anybody that, that has come from a poverty stricken, destitute situation. Most black performers, singers, rappers, anybody in sports, most of them have a background and a story of living in poverty, looking for a means of escape. To better themselves. Muhammad Ali was one of the biggest and the brightest. Did he start off rich and able to afford what he needed? No, he's a poor little black kid from Louisville, Kentucky. Mike Tyson, who, you know, later obviously fucked up, but from Brownsville, New York, one of the roughest, most dangerous areas ever, to the height of his career prior to him being turned over into the dark side, heavyweight champion of the world. Record-setting, youngest heavyweight champion in the world, the baddest motherfucker to ever put on a pair of boxing gloves next to Muhammad Ali. And we could go on and on and on. So do you see the danger in saying that like that? No, I don't. Because And, And that comes from a racist mindset. No, this is why I'm saying this. If what you just said is true... And it is true. What you're saying is true. I'll give you I'll give you everything that you said true. Then give the whole quote so that you can't so that he can't say that he's being misquoted and that the news is fake news. Give 
the whole quote. I don't need to see you murder 15 people to know you're a murderer. Yeah, but Just we, murder one. Okay, but when we go, when we go to court and we're trying someone, we bring up all other 14 murders. Okay, but 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 you, I, again, this is why I see why people are saying what they're saying. What is it you're defending? You, you, you want you want to defend based on that quote? No. When when the very all first the quotes. sentence of that when the very first sentence of that quote is dangerous. I don't think and it's not dangerous factual, as you're making it. Uh, it's not. No. It's not. Okay, so when you got a bunch of people who, let's be honest, are racist and don't like Mexicans to begin with, don't want Mexicans in this country, and are chanting, build that wall, and you have a man in a position of power, the, the, the top spot, the leader of the free world, the commander-in-chief, the boss, saying, build the wall, rapists and murderers, separating kids from families, what more kid do you need? Before you think that his his intentions aren't pure, I'm, I'm not talking about his intentions. I'm only talking about his, quoting him correctly when he says Mexico isn't sending. Do you think any country wants to send over their best and brightest to this country, or do you want to keep them there in your country as your people to improve your country? Some people might not want to be in their country. Not You're because, right. Not because. But he it's, didn't it's, say it's a bad place he didn't to say be. The individuals, they just might like America. He didn't go. Individuals aren't coming over here because they're not the best and the brightest. He said Mexico. He said they're not opening the doors to the best and brightest coming over here. They're opening the doors. They're letting. <laughs> they're <laughs> letting people <laughs> that they don't want in Mexico come over. Is Let what me he ask was you trying something. Let me let's make sure we're clear on something. And again, for the po- for the people that are listening, obviously it's not. This is not visual, so you can't see it. So I'm going to describe it to you. I'm looking deep in Andy's pupils right now. Deep in your fucking pupils. And I'm asking you straight up. Do you think Trump is racist? I already answered this on the last Answer one. Answer it again. Yeah. All right. So if you But do, he's in. Stop. Oh. Stop. If you think the man is racist, what are you defending when he says anything about people of color? I'm def- what is there to defend? I'm defending our press is who I'm really defending. That they need to make sure that they're quoting correctly so that he can't say that it's a fake news, a fake news media. He's going to say that anytime they do something. Listen, anything shy he, of anybody kissing Trump feces, he's going to say fake. He's making it very easy for his people that you're talking about to get on board with him to point at the fact that they're misquoting him. Whether or not the intention is to, to misquote him or not, because they're misquoting him, it's opening up the door for this other group. And what I wanted to say is he's racist. I said to you this, and you just said it today. He is as racist as these white people in Naples that don't have to deal with anyone else but who they want no, to deal with. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not the same type. That's not the same. It's one thing to to stand back and maybe necessarily not want to participate. Uh, and you can, you can live in your cocoon, in your bubble, and not want to participate. But it's another thing to be harmful. What Donald Trump says and does is harmful. Because he's the president. It might, some might even say, hey, look, it's harmful for you to sit back and know the world is fucked up and not do anything. That's just as harmful if you don't try to help fix it. Okay, maybe you can make that an argument. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to help, it will just stay the fuck out then. If, you, if you're not going to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty, then just st- stay away. Okay. But, but, but don't, don't, Add to shit if it ain't helping. But that's what we're doing right now. 
when we take the 2,500 kids that were in the detention center, and if you go by the numbers, and I'm only using one number, so I can't say that this number is going to work out, but we went the two-thirds were unaccompanied minors. So if we take two-thirds of the 2,500, that still leaves kids that were taken away from their parents, which isn't right. I don't want to go, I don't want us to strip uh, uh, families from each other. I'm just saying these, there's been kids, kids coming over here without parents being sent here is a problem. And these detention centers were never a problem until right now because it's a Trump situation. Let me ask you something. And I, and I know this is just uh, hypothetical, but let's just say, and then again, answer me with your, your honesty in terms of what you truly believe. Let's say instead of Mexico and Mexicans, it was some place in Europe that was trying to get over here and do the same thing the Mexicans are doing. You think Trump would rip little white kids away from their parents and put them in cages? Probably not, because well, then why do we need a because? No, well, no, well, probably because, not. So because there we because go. you know because you just did a hypothetical that I okay that I can't really answer unless I was to answer it this way. I don't see him ripping Canadians from each other, and Canadians are as close as we're going to get to Europeans right. that we share a border with. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do it to them? What you think? Because it's e- that's an e- that's too easy to answer because it looks like everybody else. He looks like everybody else that Trump wants to imagine this country you, is. Okay, so do you believe what you're saying? Do you believe he wouldn't do it because they're white? Mm, it's more complicated than no, that. No, 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 yeah, no. no. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Give, 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 all right, let me hear the complicated answer. The complicated answer is that Mexico's a poor country, and as they come, as and it's not just Mexico, Mexican citizens that are trying to immigrate here. It's people that are coming from a poor, even more dangerous country that are working okay, their way so up through Met, up through Mexico and coming into the United States. And who wouldn't? Who if you were poor? And you could pick if you were poor, and they just they said you could pick a place to live. Where would you want to go live? You live here already, so it's hard to say you're not looking at it from the rest of the world's view. But where would you want to go live? I wouldn't want to come to the United States, to be honest. There's some really good uh, other countries that are socialist countries that you could go in very poor and be in a nice area. Uh, this one you still have to work for it. But if Canada was Mexico, Canada isn't poor though. Let's just say it was. The bottom line is it's every let's say Canada is everything Mexico is. All we're doing is swapping it out. Do you think he would take white kids and put them in cages? Yeah. I do. And on that note, I do. If people are coming over here illegally, I think he would. Because it's about rich and poor with them. As long as white people in this country continue to be naive about racism, we will always have racism. We're always going to have racism. But that's why. No, it's not why. why. No, it's not why. Andy, your thinking is naive. It is. The fact that you think that he would do that to white children, a man who himself... Now you want to talk about getting quotes right? Third world and these shit whole countries, countries, which are people of color. But he goes, I would love to welcome Europe and Switzerland, the pale people. And you think he would put the people he wants to welcome, the pale people, kids in cages? Because they come over with money. They come over with money. I just said, swap it out. But you think he would? It's the money. It's the money. Let me ask you this. 
Let me ask you this, okay? Because you you said you you said it, it has to just be racism. So, do you know Mexico has a border wall? And do you know who Mexico's keeping out? Who are they keeping out? Other brown people. How much more poor do you think they want to be? They don't want to be any poor. Okay, so putting in more brown people is going to do what? You put more shit in the toilet bowl already full of shit, you're going to have a lot of shit. You're going to, you better be careful. That's, uh, that's close to Trump's shithole comment. Uh, not, not, not even remotely close. Okay. Well, what do, you, what do you suggest this country does as people continue to illegally, illegally immigrate here to this country? You said before, if they are illegally immigrating here, you don't think they should be ripped away from their kids, but they should have to go back. Listen, the, the process should work the way it's supposed to work. Um, the process could if it wasn't for the illegal immigration. Because there's a certain amount of immigration you know, that the United it's States so sponsors easy. every it's year. So, it, it's, this is where it gets slick. Because I think we all agree that the process should be, uh, that people should go through the proper channels and do things the right way. They shouldn't break the law. But not everybody can. I, I understand that. But racists are using that to hide behind should they do it the right way of course should they should they not break the law of course they shouldn't but even if they went about it the right way even if they didn't break the law you mean to tell me these people that are going build that wall and that have don't have a problem with kids being ripped away from their mothers do you don't think they're racist I think they the, 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 the I hatred think they, is I, already in their hearts. Yeah. They're just able to hide behind this because that's the excuse for them to go. Yeah, you see, we're not racist. It's because this in their hearts, they're still the racism is there. It, it, it's be, it's even beyond the racism because I can actually like if you God, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this. Um, because I don't, I, I don't, I, I can't believe that this could be happening in today's America. So as I say this, I'm not calling Donald Trump Hitler, but these are Hitler-like tactics when you aim and push a button on people because not necessarily are people racist to what we would define as racism, but when you can point at people who might not have a good, might not have be well-educated, not might have might not have the best job history or be able to even get work right now, and when you can show people and when you can give those people a reason why they're not that's not working for them, much like Hitler did with Germany with the Jews and pointing the finger at these are your problems, it's almost like that's what Trump is doing right now. We don't have this situation under control. We don't have the money for schools. We don't have the money for the things that we're supposed to be able to spend money on. And it's because we're having all these illegal immigrants coming up. Now, here's the difference, though. In Germany, the Jews were actually citizens of Germany. These are people that are not our citizens coming up here. So it's really important to me that the media quotes him correctly does their investigations correctly? And if we're going to hang this guy, hang him in a way that everybody sees that this is 100% true and there's no way around this, that it's not fake media. Because otherwise, we're going to have another problem in this country where we're going to have half this country saying that their vote didn't matter, that they put this man in office, and now we are doing something illegal to take him out of office. 
That's why the media has to be on point more than they have ever have been before and not go by emotions, but go by legal ways of doing things. You finished? I'm finished. Okay. Trump is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and He's if I look into a toilet bowl and I see something brown in the water, it's a piece of shit. I don't look and inspect to go, is that a pumpernickel loaf? Nigga, if it's brown and it's in the water, it's shit. And Trump is in the toilet bowl. But, and he's an orange slash brown piece of shit. But that's when you, you just brought up that he said that about piece of shit countries. He's looking in the, in, in the economic system and he sees countries that are floating on top of the water that aren't, so, that aren't so, benefiting so anywhere in the world. The money. It's about it's, the money. It usually comes down to the money yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. I think government comes down to the money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, uh, God bless you, dude. You, you, God bless you. you, 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 you. I, I, I could ask you some other questions. That you, no, no. no, no, I'll ask you one really quick because I know you. I know we have to get rid. We're up this podcast up, but uh, you, you said, uh, did Michael Jackson ever get invited to the White House? Did Michael Jackson ever get invited to the White House? Yeah, did Michael Jackson ever get invited to the White House? Yeah, Reagan years. Yeah, yeah, Silver Glove years. Popular, money, yeah. everything. Wow. Did any of these guys who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, other than athletes, other than people who won a, a World Series or won a, a, a Super Bowl or any of that, did any black men that just had a hard life but had a job and made $30,000 a year, got married, took care of their kids, did any of them get invited to the White House? Um, I, can't, I can't answer that only because I, I don't know. For the most part, this is money. Well, you can put you put race with it. You can equate race with it if you want to, but and famous, you have to. Okay, but look, famous niggas are special niggas, and when you special, special supersedes race. I'm gonna disagree often. with you on that. No, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And you just answered your own question. No, no. I'm gonna disagree with you on what you said. You said that you're special. Yeah. No. Who are the most famous people in the country? Who are the most famous athletes? If Michael Jordan went broke tomorrow, and, and, and I don't know about, you know, even with, again, Donald, even with Donald Trump, if Michael Jordan went broke tomorrow, you don't think Michael Jordan could get to the White House? Oh, I think he could get to the White House, but I'm not just talking about that. I'm saying what I said, I don't think that athletes, as you said, are special people. When you say black, black, fame, fame is special. Well, all that special. But who are the most, uh, some of the most famous people? You, we just talked about Kevin Hart, most famous comic actor right now. Right. Uh, who's the most famous female comic actor right now? Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Who's the, who's the most uh, popular musician right now? Uh, I don't know. Fucking, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you this. They're black. I don't know who it is. Okay, so what's your point? It's not uncommon anymore. It's not uncommon. Uncommon for what? For America to stop, has to look at it and go, black America is already famous. They already have this. The problem that I see. Who's they already have? Who's they? They, they America. America itself. The people who run magazines, who run endorsements, who run. Okay. They have to stop thinking that, that, that this is a special thing. When you, when you brought up uh, black, black um, you said uh, Tyson worked his way up. Uh, who else worked their way up? You see, we talked about all these people. Why don't we start doing stories about black, uh, uh, black folks? That I, I think America would be surprised. I think white America would be surprised that there's very normal black families in this country. Okay. 
that don't need to work their way up out of poverty. They are middle class Americans, and they're trying to put their kids to school yeah, and do everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, Cosby showed us that. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that's not everything you watch it's like oh it's always like uh this dude did this and this dude and i and i appreciate that because it's not, it's good to see these stories but i don't think I, I i think it's time that white america sees that it's not like the the, the black america is always having a problem i think White Americans see black Americans as someone who has to work their way up every single day from poverty, and they need to see more of a, a mainstream, middle-class black America. You said the Cosby Show. Hundreds of shows on television of, of what I'm talking about with white folks in it. Mm-hmm. How many with black folks in it? A lot more than there used to be. Be? Yeah. But not as many as there should be. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Sponsorship? Why, like I'm just saying, they don't well, extend sponsorship. What sponsorship you- advertisers. I don't think that I, I think advertising in this country. If you want to go with what's racist, I think advertising in this country is racist. I think that they like making a, uh, Black America look like it's it, like it's different and it's it, it's it's less than. You sound like a guy who's entered a room with a gun with the intent to shoot everybody, and your hands are shaking. No. <laughs> oh goodness. I I just see things in a way where I'm I, I don't see anybody is right in any of this. I think everybody's wrong. I just think the way that you defend I, I, I don't think anything is defendable by Trump. Because we know who we know who and what he is. But I'm not defending him. But I'm, you, any, trying to defend a quote. That's coming from a racist place, a racist frame of mind. Because if you don't give the quote out correctly, that side that you're talking about, the people who are uh, who are buying the magic pill and saying that this is Donald Trump is right, then he says it's did fake they, media. Did they, did they, did they and get, then they go, yeah, the media is fake. Did they get the quote right about grabbing the pussy? Did they get that quote right? Yeah, but he all right. Did they eleven the, years before uh, he became that president? Make, that make That's difference. what they're going to tell it you. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Because he was he was an entertainer. He wasn't. Okay, so, he wasn't so a politician. He don't feel the same way now that he did eleven years ago. God, I hope not. He's older. I hope he's not still trying to. Does he sound his. like he's any wiser? Uh, he doesn't sound any wiser. Okay, when he made fun of the, the handicapped reporter, uh, 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 I don't remember. Did they get that quote right? That one was right. Okay. When he told the police, hey, when you put the suspect in the car, move your hand and let him hit their head from time to time, which is not police protocol by the book. Did they get that quote right? Not really. They didn't. How many quotes in terms of what we know they got right? Peace. How many misogynistic uh, what's that other word? I'm uh, asking the media no, to get no, them no, all no, right. No, 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 come on, man. So if they get if they get uh two pieces two quotes wrong out of ten pieces of shit quotes, the other eight pieces of shit quotes that are accurate, because those two quotes were wrong, changes who he is. Doesn't change him. It just gives ammunition to the fucking other side that wants to believe in everything that he's saying. They already had the ammunition. They were just looking for their general to say fire. That's partially true. 
That's not parsley. It is yeah, true. But they already had. You think the, the the skinheads and the racist pieces of shit that all that all exist with the Confederate flags and the Make America uh, Great Again hats and the tiki torches. You think that they weren't that until Trump got there? They were always that. They got a voice now. They got a leader. I can't. I, I I agree with you on everything that you just said. Is I just don't see that as their leader because if you wa- if you watched when the when the when the, when the racist people the were Nazi, watching the Nazi alt right thing, the thing that took place in in Charlotte where yeah. a girl got killed, good people on both sides. No, did they quote that wrong? No. How much proof do you need? When they were interviewing the the marching so, uh, socialist whatever guys, they said we're not we don't respect Trump. He gave his daughter to a Jew. He's the guy that's here now, but we're taking this over. So it's kind of hard for me to see this as as cut and dry as in as black and white as you're going to make it right now. All right, we got to we got to move on because we we're about to get over time, and I really want to squeeze in this last thing. Uh, since my blood is boiling now, um, you know. I can't give y'all the detailed details, uh, but I'm in a situation right now where it's like I, I I was looking at something on TV. Matter of fact, when this podcast comes out, just label this as bonus footage. Uh, give you motherfuckers a, a extra piece of bacon for your morning breakfast. Uh, I was talking to my attorney. The other day, I'm long story short, I'm, I'm getting railroaded. Uh, I'm, I've been dealing with a couple of situations. Uh, one, of course, you guys know about with the whole Corey Holcomb and the 5150 and the, the Zoo Williams situation where, yes, and I made no bones about it. I was going to sue these motherfuckers. Uh, and, and, and this just almost even wraps into Terry Crews a little bit. Because uh, people were, were digging into black men, were digging into Terry Crews like, damn, this motherfucker care more about his career than his asshole. Uh, and Terry Crews basically said something that I had been saying on the, on Vlad TV and in a lot of the interviews when I talked about this, which was, you know, it's very hard as a man, regardless of color, but as a man to feel like you're a punk and to be labeled as a punk or a bitch because you don't retaliate in certain situations. Um, and I, and I say this, that's not to say that you should let people abuse you uh, put their hands on you. Somebody hits you, defend yourself, you hit them back. Um, but it's a very f- f- weird situation to be in a business where, depending on what you do, can decide the outcome and the fate of your career. And when you're responsible for people's lives, my daughters, my son, my wife, my own, from a financial standpoint, you, you, you can't be stupid. And, and you and you got to think and calculate before you make a move to say something is not going to be done is very different from saying that something is going to be done the right way. You know, you know, it, 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 and if I'm in a situation where I go, OK, I could either do something to retaliate against this and have something done right now without thought, but then suffer the consequences versus it might be smarter not to retaliate in that way, but then handle it a different way. That's the better way to go. You got to be smart. Um, 
and I think I mentioned this. I know I mentioned it on Vlad TV, and I, I might have mentioned it here on a podcast. I just might, I can't remember everything we do on here. But so if I'm repeating myself, forgive me. But like the dude said, my man Clifton Powell, the actor who black actor who's been in a ton of movies. Black people know who he is. Uh, he was uh, what's that motherfucker's name? Pinky in Friday. Uh, but he was in the Tupac movie. And he said to Tupac while he was in jail, don't let what you do for five seconds give you 50 fucking years. So I was suing Zoe and Corey. Um, and th- listen, at the end of the day, Zoe broke the law. The man assaulted me. He broke the fucking, he, he broke the law. And the way it's supposed to work is if you break the law, you are supposed to suffer the consequences. They are supposed to be consequences. Well, by the time all the legality shit kind of finalized and everything was said and done, my lawyers basically told me there's nothing we could really do. And if you want to pursue really doing something, it's going to cost you money to pretty much get no results. So it's not worth it to you unless you just want to spend the money and say you went through the process. And I'm scratching my head thinking, This motherfucker broke the law. At the end of the day, he broke the fucking law. So you're basically telling me I'm not protected? He's going to get away with this? Yeah, in a nutshell. Now, here I am dealing with this extortion situation where I'm being extorted. And my lawyers have already pointed out that based on some of the things that this person has done, coercion. They have broken the fucking law. But if I go, uh, fuck it, I'm going to go after this person. If I do that, then that exposes me to a bullshit, trumped up, fucked up charge, which could be, which could be career ending. Um, so I have to take it. And by take it, I mean it's better to settle. Because if I don't, I take the risk of having this become something that even though it's false, it's damaging. And if I try and pursue it, it, you know, it's better to just have it go away. But the fact that this is a lie and I'm being shaken down for a lie is fucked up. And it it made me go, and I'm in no way condoning or saying in any fucking way that you should ever take the law into your own hands. That's never the fucking answer. But it's like when Chris Rock said, there's a reason to hit everybody. Just don't do it. There's a reason to kick an old woman down a flight of stairs. Just don't do it. And like Patrice said on Elephant in the Room, I don't condone violence against women, but I do condone thinking about it. So there's a difference. I understand why people certainly think it. And again, by me saying I understand why they do it, I'm not saying you should do it. But damn it, man. Because it's like to have to be forced to take something. It's like there's a gun to your head, man. It's like, you know, even with divorce court, I got to pay this bitch this amount of money. She ain't write no jokes. She ain't get up at four in the morning, go to the airport, get stuck 
in terminals during the winter, cancellations, repair delays. What's supposed to be a four or five hour travel day has turned into 15. I'm stuck in some fucking Midwestern city town snowed in. I got to deal with janky promoters and shisty club managers. I got to pay the money to mass produce my merchandise to sell. I got to hug fat bitches that smell like room temperature meat. I, I got I to gotta, I deal with the shit I got to deal with. And this is all my sweat, all my hard work, all my tears, my heartbreak. And I got to break you off half and you ain't doing a motherfucking thing. And for some dudes, you lose the house, you lose the car, she get the kids. I remember I, I talked to one lawyer and he basically told me, he was like, yeah, man, my wife got everything. I, there's not a day that goes by. I don't wish this bitch to be Stephen Hawking. Like, it's just, and not to say that you come from a fucked up place like that. Because I don't think any good person wishes ill will on anybody. But the fact that, like, that, all your work, all your dreams, all your hopes taken from you by someone who has not done the work. You have to bend over and take this ass fucking from a shakedown. And you know it's a shakedown. You know it's bullshit. You know you didn't do what you are heinously be a blame for this heinous act. You know you didn't do it. But you got to take it. You got no fucking choice. Someone does something to you and they're getting away with it. They broke the law and you're doing the right thing. You ain't going, hey, I'm going to be Charles Bronson and become a vigilante and right this wrong. No, you went the proper channels. The lawyer, the police, you filed a report. You're supposed to get justice. And you don't. And the only thing that stops you from doing it, this is it's what separates the sane from the insane. The, the rational from the irrational is that you're just not fucking crazy. You're able to hold it together enough mentally and emotionally to go, you know what? This is fucked up. It be what it be. I just have to take this L. And, and it, 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 there's a part of me, I swear to God, and I think a part in everybody that goes through this, where this fantasy plays in your head where you would love to get the justice and fuck the system. It's almost like if, if this were a movie preview, uh, it would, it would, you know, the, the movie guy voice, the guy, they don't do it anymore. But, uh, once upon a time ago, and I know Pablo, uh, Francisco oh, yeah, kind of yeah. used to do it. Frank Caliendo did it too. So it's almost like comedic public domain. So it's not even really stealing anything, but it's like in a world, in the city, one man. So I was I was laying in bed and I was fantasizing about this being a movie, and if I could fucking get justice, it wouldn't be me, but it, it would it would be like a in a world where the victim is victimized by the victimizer, and the weak fall prey to the strong. One man has decided he's had enough. The system has been fucking us for far too long. One man has decided to take a stand. 
I've had it with the system. Enough is enough. Arnold Schwarzenegger is taking on the system using the biggest, baddest, most powerful weapon unlike any other. It won't be a shotgun blast. It won't be an AK-47. It won't be an M-134. It won't even be an AR-15, the widely used gun by crazy white supremacists who mow down and murder innocent people, but yet it's the immigrants and the Muslims we're supposed to fear. Wait a minute, I'm getting off track. The most powerful weapon to be unleashed against injustice will be Arnold Schwarzenegger's cock. Oh, stop! Please! Oh no! I can't take it, it's too big! Oh dear God! Hurts, please stop! Shut up, system! You've been fucking the tiny little man for far too long! It's time for me to fuck back! This summer, Arnold Schwarzenegger is... Take that, system! Take that! Oh, I'm coming! I'm coming! Arnold Schwarzenegger! Are you finished? Yes, I've come. I won't be back. Arnold Schwarzenegger is... The System Fucker. Yeah.